Good morning. Um, today's Chaf Bez Tevas. We're up to part four out of five of chapter 12 of Tanya, Perak Yud Bez, which is the chapter about the Benini, which is the chapter, we're not even going yet to, this is our mission. We're not, the author didn't even tell us that yet, to be honest. What we're still doing is we're talking about the distinction between Sadiq Benini and Russia from the perspective of what is a tzaddik, what is a benini, what is a rasha, in the context of how do their souls interact with each other. Um, thus, the result of how their souls interact with each other is going to be what they end up doing, what they end up, how they end up experiencing their lives, essentially. Um, but we're not only talking about like their externality, we're talking about really like the inner workings of their being, which is the way that their souls interact, that lead to their title of tzaddik, benini, and rasha. So, good morning. Wow, I haven't seen you in a long time. Good morning. Welcome. So, we said, right, that the category of Russia is somebody who experiences his parts, aka his animal soul, aka his child self. It's really, I, I was listening to a, um, something from Devari Nussbaum yesterday, and she said it actually very smart. And it's funny because I remember learning this from her like last year and being like, oh, that's so smart. And I, last year I used this terminology like the whole year, but I forgot about it this year. And it's such a clarifying terminology where she basically calls the animal soul your child self. And that's really what it is. Because what is a child? A child is, what? A, a child is basically, everything that the child experiences is through the lens of themselves. Through the lens, what? Yeah. <laughs> through the lens of what do you mean in relation to me? Why are children like that? So you can look at it from a psychological perspective or from a Hasidic perspective. It both lead to the same foundation, which is that a child is only animal soul. A child is experiencing themselves as separate from the world, as, as alone and as separate. They're not essentially connected. They don't have the awareness of, I have an essential place here. So they need external external attachment, literally, in order to feel whole and grounded and okay. And that's why everything that a child experiences is going to be, and this is from like the super big things until the super little things, right? The super big things is like attachment with mom, that if a child does not have attachment with a caregiver, literally they will come out with a messed up inner system and a messed up outer system. They won't have, they won't be able to attach to other people because that's how much the attachment was actually necessary. But on like a on like a very simple level too, it's like you like you tell a kid wait a few minutes to have the piece of cake. They're not because you have to go to the store to get it. It's like you I don't they're not, they're not able to process you have to like they're not able to process what you need. They're only able to process what they need. They're only able to process you from the perspective of how it's affecting them. And that's really the animal soul. That's that's animal soul consciousness. I only can see other i only can see you from the perspective of what is keeping me safe what is making me feel okay what is making me feel good and anything that the animal soul will end up any like part so to speak of the animal soul any like experience that the animal soul ends up giving us whether in our heart or as it comes up into our minds in this so again whether in our, our body's experience or in our mind's experience and the stories that we end up saying about ourselves about life about life about other people it's going to be from that perspective of like fragmented person in fragmented world i don't have essential worth i don't i'm not essentially good and okay i my okayness is dependent on fill in the blank 
my worthiness is dependent on filming again whether that's going to be somebody else whether that's going to be me performing a certain way whether but but it's not i'm not seeing myself essentially the way hashem sees me which is another way of seeing it okay two days ago Hayang yeah. Yang, the, he said that like um when two jews come together it's two animal mm. souls versus one two golly souls versus one animal soul and then yes. in the footnotes there's like a question like why are you not worried that the two animal souls are going to come together it's like, because they don't understand unity. Exactly. So they can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. That's, that's the perfect example of this. Why can't an animal soul ever join with another animal soul? Because the function of the animal soul is to use you to protect me. To use you to make me okay. I don't actually, I can't unite with you. To unite with somebody, you have to say, I am okay. And now from my okayness, I can hold you. I can come to you. But it, I can't actually unite with you if I'm looking at you as a means to making me whole. That's not, that's not unity. Unity is when you can say, I am whole, and I now am curious about who you are. Let me bring you towards me. But animal souls don't do that. Animal souls are constantly in this fragmented consciousness. Hannah, thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so, okay, I'm not going to go too much into introduction, but basically, that, that was already such an introduction of not today's Danya. But basically, Rishaim identify with their animal souls. That is a Russia. And again, Russia Virala is identifying with their animal soul and doesn't even have the awareness that there's something more than their identification with their animal soul. It, like, you ask a Russia, who are you? And they'll literally say, I'm a fragmented person in a, a Russia Virala. Who are you? I'm a fragmented person in a fragmented world. That's it. That's act, it's, there's nothing else. You ask a Russia Vitaivla, who are you? And they'll say, well, I usually feel like a fragmented person person in a fragmented world, but I know that there's something more, but I still feel like this often, or at least sometimes, right? You ask a tzaddik, Veralai, who are you? A tzaddik Veralai will say, I have subjugated my parts, I've subjugated my animal soul, she doesn't talk to me anymore, I now am serving God. I now am aligned with the unity, but I have left parts of me behind. You ask a tzaddik Vitaivla, who are you? And they'll say, all of my parts are actually part of my oneness. All of my parts actually serve my greater self, which is my divine service, which is my, the unity. You ask a Bainani, who are you? And the Bainani will say, I have parts. My animal soul talks quite loud. She's constantly sending me information. And it's information, whether it's body sense information, an emotional experience, whatever, based on fragmented person in a fragmented world, right? That's how that animal soul talks. You can also look at it as like childish. And again, not childish as immature, but childish, well, also immature. Like just a certain way of seeing things that this animal soul is living their life based, living its life based on. And the he says, I, I see it, I hear it, but it's not me. I am me. And I am the one who looks back at that voice and say, and, and decides how I want to now navigate. It would be like, I was thinking, like, it would be like the Bainani. You know, like, when you walk, like, by, like, well, okay, I never actually saw this probably in real. Maybe I have sometimes. That house on President Street looked like this for a while. But when you walk by, like, a a abandoned house, right? And technically, like, anybody could walk in because nobody lives there. The Bainani lives in his house. The Bainani lives in his house. And the Russia also lives in his house. But the Russia, the Russia that lives in his house is identified with the animal soul. The Bainani lives in his house, is identified with his godly soul, he's identified with his self, with his, as we were talking about yesterday, and we're going to continue talking about a little bit now, he's identified with his moach, and by moach, we don't mean, which is so important to understand here, by moach, we don't mean 
compulsive, critical thoughts that go through our mind. Often our mind sounds, often our mind ends up being hijacked by our animal soul functioning in our mind. And we already talked about that. And that's, again, noticing the flow of Tanya. The Altarba already taught us that. So now by the time the Altarba is teaching us the fact that how does the Vainani kind of express, how does the Vainani have control, so to speak, over his inner world? Through Moach Shalat Al-Halev, right? And now you're going to look at that and be like, uh, well... Okay, what is, what is a moach? What, what does that mean, my moach? Because maybe my moach is my negative self-talk. And maybe my moach is my... <laughs> All good. Maybe sometimes our nefesh abamas also puts on a kapasha and then goes into our brain. Yes. And says, you didn't do enough mitzvahs yes. today. You didn't learn yes. enough. You didn't do this. Exactly. It's so... Thank you so much for saying that. I literally have it written on to talk to say because it's literally... That is a chassidish yitzhara. It's literally a kapatas, a chassidish yitzhara, where, oh, moach shalit al halev. I have to have moach shalit al halev. That would be perfect. Exactly. And then we, we kind of confuse that with thinking that, our, that the moach that we should be controlling, so to speak, our heart with is all of those c- critical thoughts. But in the meantime, that's just more animal soul. Then you have animal soul fighting against animal soul, and then you have inner stress and disharmony, right? What is the moach? The Alter Rebbe literally said it as clear as day. The Alter Rebbe says the moach is the chachma shebemaychin. It's, it's your power of chachma in your brain and not your power of chachma from your animal soul. Your power of chachma from your godly soul. And what is chachma? Chachma is literally the ability to look at something and say, koach ma, what are you really? Why does chachma say koach? Why does chachma say what? Why does chachma say who are you? Because chachma sees things from the perspective of the unity of Hashem. And in the perspective of the unity of Hashem, when you see something that doesn't belong, right? When you see something that's, again, in this context, we're saying heart. We're saying the emotional impulse of the animal soul that's telling you you're a fragmented person in a fragmented world. Things are not okay. You are not okay. You need to fill, whatever, fill in the blank. When Chachma, when Moach sees that, it doesn't say, boo you, bad you. It says literally, who are you? It, it gets curious. Like, what, what is your function here? Why, why does Chachma say that? Because Chachma literally sees the unity of God. And so from that perspective, it's, it, it has the ability to say, to get curious. And not only the ability, it's the natural response of seeing the unity of God. At the moment that you see something that's not in line with that unity, you're going to be like, oh, tell me why you've come, right? It would be like a tzaddik, literally, <laughs> literally, actually, what the tzaddik, the Alter Rebbe, is saying about our, good morning, about our animal souls, right? The Alter Rebbe literally knows that the animal soul isn't, or what the Alter Rebbe was explaining about Shalash Kibbutz Atmeyas and this whole, that whole conversation we had. The Alter Rebbe looks at those things, right, that seemingly look opposing to God and doesn't say, you are an oppositional character in the story of life. You have to die. The Alter Rebbe says, let's get curious. And the Alter Rebbe doesn't have to get, really get curious because he even knows it without getting curious. But he says, I know, I know that there's a deeper story between, be, about why you're here. And he literally already taught us in chapter 9 that why is animal soul here, right? And we went through that, the mushal of like the harlot that the king sent. That the animal soul too is actually only here for my godly soul. The animal soul too is only here for me. The trigger was only ever here to wake me up to, the, to a greater truth of love, to wake me up to a greater connection to Hashem. Moach Shalat al-Halev is accessing that place of chachma inside of me and it's really honestly in ifs it's mamish self it's the ability to have self-leading parts moach shalit al-halev moach is not 
it's funny because even in ifs it talks so much about this like that often parts will disguise themselves as self they'll say i can help you i if only you lose 100 pounds then you'll be what then you'll be liked right or if, oh forget about 100 pounds if only you lose five pounds then you'll be liked then and it's like you look at sometimes it's easy to hear that voice and be like oh you really want what's best for me right you really and it's in that context i would say most generally if it's that like if then statement in the and the then is that then you'll be okay (laughs) then you'll be able to feel good then you'll be able to when i get married then i'll be okay when i lose weight then i'll be okay when Exactly. All I need is to pay off my credit card debt and then I'll be free. Then I'll have financial security. Like all these statements. And it's oftentimes, it's, you would think it's Moach. And oh, Moach Shalat al-Halei, that's helping me. This is, I'm, I'm doing great. We have to be careful to notice, is our Moach, our animal soul's Moach? Is it our emotional experience of a fragmented person in a fragmented world seeping into our mind, creating a story and I'm using that as my, mo- and, and that's what I'm directing my life with, because mom, if we're in Russia state then, nothing but Russia, it's not, it's not MS. Or am I, is my moach that's directing my life, my state of self, my state of breath, my state of curiosity, my state of seeing myself and seeing the people around me and seeing Hashem's world. From, I'm a connected person in a connected world. I'm essentially one with Hashem right now. Now what? Doesn't mean that I still won't want to lose five pounds. But that plate, that desire of losing five pounds now comes from that place of Moach Shalit al Halid. Not Moach gets rid of the heart. Oh, go away. It's Shalit. It's, it's I see. Cool. <laughs> I, I can actually hold and, and decide what I do with you now. But it's from that place of Chachma instead of from that place of animal soul chaos and judgment and. Nah. <laughs> so how would Chachma respond to a Nefesh Bahamas critic that disguises itself as holy? Fantastic question. Fantastic question. Chachma will say the same thing as it would say to any non-disguised animal soul consciousness part. Hi, I see you. I'm curious about you. I'm curious about you. That's what Chachma says. Chachma says, I am curious about you. It's literally like a mother that has a, a, a child who's emotionally eruptive in some way, right? We, and we all know this, but I mean, even people with bad parenting may even know this and they won't emotionally necessarily feel this experience, but right, what is, and I'm not saying, God forbid to say bad mother, but what is like in this prototype, because even good mothers do this sometimes. So I'm not, I don't want to talk about like actual practical mothers, but in, in an ideal world, what does a good mother do when they have an emotionally eruptive child? And not only emotionally eruptive, not only that they're crying. They're telling the mother, I have a monster in my room. I really need you to take the monster out of my room, right? What does a mother do? You, have to, you could either say the mother says, you don't have a monster in your room. Go, yeah, whatever, everything's fine. Or you could say, oh my gosh, you have a monster in your room. That's crazy. We have a monster in the house. What do we do, Right? And there's this middle balance, right? Where a mother says, wow, you feel like you have a monster in your room. Let's explore that. Where, where did the monster come from? You know what I mean? Like how, how did you get to a point where you, did you have a dream? Did, it come, did you discover that you have a monster in your room in your, in your dream? Do you see something scary in your room? Like what's going on for that child that he's having the experience of I have a monster in my room, <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's, 
essentially what we're doing with our animal soul. But notice, 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 notice. And this is, to me, like one of the main, I, I have to say this in order to really be true to Tanya and also to be true to this way, this, it only is true if we can acknowledge this too, that why does that work? Why does the mother approaching that child who's freaking out in that way, why does that middle way work? What is the distinction between the first way and the third way and the second way? That in the second way, in the middle way, the mother feels a separation between herself and her child. She's not enmeshed with her child. She's not blended with her child. And that's why she can actually come close to her child and, and bring him out of that, of that state and help him and help him, right? But it's like, that's really, it's so important to, to know that the altar already taught us that. <laughs> and that's really what the altar keeps on teaching us in this, about what a bayonini is. And he taught us that also in talking about the, in, in the contrast to the Russia, and we're going to go there again in the next few days, but the main contrast of Russia to Benani is how are you identifying yourself? Who are you identifying with? Your animal soul or the godly soul that can also hold the animal soul? If we're identifying with the godly soul, but we're saying, oh, but I have to disown my animal soul, then we're not actually identifying with the godly soul because the godly soul doesn't feel a need to do that. That would be like saying, I am becoming a mother that can't handle my children's crying. Like, that's not where we're going. That's not, God can hold his whole world. So, yes, even in the state of being where God is holding his whole world, there are parts of the world where Hashem is saying, because I'm cre- this part of the world, I'm creating for you not to go near, right? These other, these parts of creation where Hashem is saying, it's me there, but I'm telling you, don't go there, right? And we reveal Hashem there through not going there. And there's going to be moments in our own lives when parts are going to, and we're going to talk about this later when not time really gets into the details of how to actually now approach my own parts depending on what time of day it is depending on what I'm what I was doing before depending on what kind of part is talking there's going to be different ways of approaching our parts but the first initial moment is saying I am not my parts I am the balabias of my internal system I am alive I capital I I self I am alive inside of myself. I, and this is like, not that I meditate, but like I was thinking like meditation probably is really helpful for this. Like letting yourself tap or, or learning chassidus or davening. But pretty much, honestly, if we davened properly, we would be able to, davening accesses us that place of self. That's literally what the altar said in two days ago on Monday. What happens during davening? We access that place of self and then yes, it goes away after davening, but we have now access to this other point of view where we're seeing ourselves a little bit more clearly and we can utilize that power. And then the most important thing I'd say is one of the most important parts of Tanya is learning to decipher, learning to discern when is my animal soul talking? When is my godly soul talking? Because it's, it's one of the, in order to do any of this, we have to be able to say, Oh, that's my animal soul. Oh, that's my godly soul. Oh, that's a part. Oh, that's myself. I recognize what aspect of me is coming alive right now. And until we can do that, this all is so, again, if we're, and I don't think anybody in this room, because you guys all come and you guys, whatever, but like if, if we're still identifying animal soul as lustful, greedy, all these things that like we don't really maybe we relate to that much, but we're not we're not correlating our animal soul with our actual struggles, then we're missing out on what Tanya 
is, is doing here. If we're not identifying our animal soul with the voices that come up in me that are my insecurities, <laughs> you know, that are my scarcity mindsets, that are my moments of lack of self-worth, that are my, like, then we're not, you know, and it's fine. It's because we'll have this conversation, but just noticing that that's... Can I say that? Oh my yeah. God, I just thought of the greatest muscle ever. The animal soul is like the bogger. <laughs> the what? The bogart or bogger. In Harry Potter... Well, are you in a room with nobody who read Harry Potter? <laughs> oh my god! It's, I, oh my it's, it's this thing that shapes shape shifts into oh. your greatest fears. Oh Ooh, yeah, 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 And you're trying to banish it, and everyone opens it, and it and it targets them and their insecurities. Yes, mm. well said. It's so, so that's like the unhealthy, like critical voice, Nepsha Bahamas type thing. Absolutely. Well, and for you, it might be critical. For somebody else, oh, it might be... Oh, for someone else, it might be somebody else. Yeah. Okay, basically, the Nefesh Abraham is, is tailored per person. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it, yes. knows, it knows exactly what knows like our triggers so and, yeah. and noticing, noticing, noticing that the animal soul, the way that it shapeshifts, will... Wow. Oh, I love it. Oh, so good. The way that it shapeshifts will always be, so to speak, hurting you, making you go lower, making you go... But it will also always be protecting you. When you get deeper, when you get curious, that's Hasidist, though. You see that? Yeah. That's the difference between Yiddishkeit and other perspectives and Hinduism and all these other things. You have to, some, there, there's always something left behind. In Hasidist, there's nothing that gets left behind. Not even my own deepest fear. Why? Because my own deepest fear ends up being my greatest strength. It ends up being the thing that shows me my deepest state of love. So no, just noticing, like, yes, it's, this is the enemy, but it's also protecting me in some way. And I can get curious about how, why. And then through that journey, I'll actually be led to a place of even greater selfhood. How does that work out for people who are, like, super duper evil? Like, I don't know. Like, it's very easy to apply to us. We're like, hey, fine. We're like, we're not that bad. I don't know. I, know. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say this, that even in the realm of, like, mental illness, like, in, in IFS, the guy, he talks about that, like, even the most extreme forms of mental illness are just extreme blendedness with parts, right? So, like, that what I is... I understand, like, DID or Right, or even, like, psychosis, bipolar, all these things. It's, like, people who have, who are so traumatized, so to speak, who are so burdened, as he, talk, as he says, that... They have no, they're not much in the state of Russia virale. There's no metacognition that I am not, it's not that I'm experiencing this, it's this is literally me. There's no space between me and the depression, me and the anxiety, me and the dissociation, me and the psychosis. It's just this is the only reality. Right. So I would say that somebody who ends up to getting into a state of such evil, I, I mean, I don't know. It's confusing. So someone asked it's confusing. that on the podcast that you sent with Jesse Jacobson. Uh, mm. Someone asked, like, um, well, okay, are we applying, like, this extreme compassion to really terrible people like Hamas? Right. Like, what are we doing? And he said that, yeah, in a sense, because every, like, people's behaviors are based on their past and their traumas. And sometimes right. the traumas get passed down from generation to generation. So maybe the 17-year-old who goes around stabbing people, maybe their, you know, maybe the found, you know, the their religion, the religious founders had some sort of trauma. They created a belief system that promotes X, Y, Z. Or maybe their religious leaders had some transgenerational trauma and right. promoted it. So, so they, 
it doesn't mean that we don't destroy them. That's where it's right. like... Right, so he's basically saying you obviously is, have to, like, get rid of them because they're evil, but you could try to understand where their evil's coming from. Right. At least that's what the short, Dr. Short said, who was, yeah. like, the... And I, I do think that if we... If we see somebody in the world who we can't apply this to, it means that we're essentially kind of saying that we haven't fully believed that it can fully apply to me. Meaning, like... If there's, if there's a gap, then why can't the gap be in me? If there's an exception to Hashgacha practice, then why can't the exception to Hashgacha practice be in my story? Maybe my story is the one that's going to end up being messed up. Maybe my future is the one that really won't be okay. You know, if there's a gap, then why, why can't the gap apply to me? So I do think that there's like really a point where if we're seeing a gap, we have to get curious. We have to get curious. And I also think that the more that we can stop seeing the gaps in ourselves... We'll stop seeing. Yeah. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't go kill Hamas. I don't, I don't see necessarily how that all goes together. I'm also but thinking in terms of like Tara, you know, like Tara has these things like where it's just because it's like it's it's exploring all the things that we learned as kids and taking this mindset and and applying it to that to see yeah. what it actually what all those things actually are. So like let's say um, the whole thing about um, Kaira and right like. Oh, people who bring down other people, like yeah, that's okay. That, and uh, right, they should be. I don't know according to Tarsus because this is Tara. Yeah. So, like according to Tara's perspective, how does that? Talking about the idea that um, a bad neighbors influence people, but in in reference to Kara, which um, no, part I'm of the story? No, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking that I like I always heard like I don't, I, I don't you know I don't actually know all the things about this, but just the concept just like thrown at you as you're a kid, like oh people who um, have helped like other people. Lead people, lead people astray like in a major way like yeah. they themselves like are given as much compassion or whatever like they always right. have the opportunity to return but they're not right. but, uh, oh yeah okay I get what you're saying that somebody who leads someone astray it's not in must speak in the other last is chuva like they don't give them the ability to do chuva is that what you're talking about from Perkeavis? Probably, but and I know that according to Chassis, I think like they are. It's just that right. you just don't have like the extra push from right. heaven. Right. Right. I'm just curious if this know. works out with that. Yeah, it's okay. Let's, let's talk about it more. I, literally okay, 9, 10 o'clock. I didn't start to talk yet, which is totally my fault. It's on me. I just. Do you think this is not today? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's all connected, but it's not so long today, so I just go through it quickly. Um, apologize if they listen to the recording, but it's already 30 minutes. Nevertheless, this person is not deemed a tzaddik at all, even though he has, he is in control of his garments, he's in control of his external choices, right? The, hear her, the, the thought knocks on his door, the impulse knocks on his head, literally it knocks on the door, but he lives home, he lives at home. And so thus he never expresses that trigger. Um, just something to just notice, if you're not relating to that, it's okay. The goal of Tanya is to teach us how to become Bainonim. Like, it, we are generally Rishatim, like, and that's okay. It's not like that's wrong. Like, we're learning not what we are. We're learning who, what our essential state of potential is, you know? The dominance of the light that his of his divine soul that it has dark that it has predominance over the klipa, causing the klipa to automatically be dispelled. Like we talked about that yesterday, is only in his garments. It only actualizes in how he ends up choosing his expression. But in the state of his non-choice consciousness, he has no choice there. 
That's, that's his animal soul still fully vibrant. And it does not affect the essence of the klipa that's inside of him. Because for the Bainani, the essence and core of the animal soul, which originates in klipa, which is lodged in the left part of the heart, remains undisturbed after prayer. Meaning, undisturbed meaning not engaged with the divine soul's trying to, with a divine soul affecting it. It's just back to being animal soul. After prayer, meaning we just had this experience of connectivity, of unity consciousness. I see my life clearly. I see myself as, I'm home right now. I'm in my body. I'm in myself. I feel like I have choice. I feel like I'm in my power. And then suddenly, right after, and to the, when that happens, when we have that access to that kind of self, that kind of chachma, our animal soul, Bimela, is like, oh, okay, you can lead the show and you can even lead me. You're, uh, there's someone home. The mother is home to take care of me. I can be led. But right after that, the animal soul comes back because it's, we're, it's this constant back and forth. Because at that point, the fire of the godly soul is not bright anymore. The, 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 the Bainani is not always inspired. The Bainani is not always on that high, on that, does, isn't always seeing things in that perspective. <coughs> Just noticing, um, I know that we're I know that we're so late, guys. But I'm just gonna take five more minutes because this is really an important concept. If you're noticing, this is like the fourth time this chapter that the altar is telling us this. <laughs> like, literally, he keeps saying the same thing essentially, which is that the Benoni has not gotten rid of his animal soul. It's gonna keep coming back, and then he's gonna be able to go back to be inspired again. But then it's gonna come back, and it's gonna come back, and it's gonna come back. And I keep thinking, like, okay, altar like. Why do you keep saying this? Like, we get it. But then I was thinking, like, do we get it? Like, do I get it? Like, how often do I relate to my own inner world in the way of, Hana, you're still dealing with that? Like, come on, you, you, did, you dealt with that already. Like, how often do I get so judgmental on my own self that I'm still dealing with the same cycles, that I'm still experiencing the same? And it's like, come on, and it's like, the author of it knows that this is the struggle of the Bainani. That not, that, not that the struggle of the Bainani is that we'll always struggle. The struggle of the Bainani is that we can't accept that fact. Is that we are so resistant to the fact that this is our divine purpose. And so the author of it is taking, he keeps on saying it. Like, this is your divine purpose. You're not continuing to struggle because you're broken. You're continuing to struggle because this is your divine mission in this world. Get, get over yourself. <laughs> Like, and it reminds me of like, I one time had this conversation with my therapist. I was feeling super awkward. This was like last year. I was feeling super awkward that like I was still bringing up the same thing with her. And I, and I said it to her. I had the vulnerability, thank God. It was, if I'm really being honest, it was a state of chachma of, without the chachma, it would have been the shame and the vulnerability, but I probably wouldn't have been able to say it out loud because it would, I, I'm too ashamed. The chachma allowed me to say, wow, I'm feeling this shame. I'm curious about it. Let me actually bring it up and talk about it. Right, and I, I asked her. I'm like, do you feel like not upset at me, but like, do you feel like it's bad, and that I'm not good? Well, I, I remember the words I used, but I was I was asking in her perspective. Like, are you like ashamed of me? Kind of like, are you like, like do you not think highly of me by the fact that I keep coming to you with the same exact problem? Like, it, it's embarrassing. Like, are you like embarrassed for me? And I remember she said, she's like, she's like, Hannah. Every time that we journey through this problem, 
you come out more transformed. She's like, I don't see it as like a negative cycle. I see you as this brave warrior. She didn't use the word warrior. She's like, as this brave warrior who is having the courage to explore your inner world. And I think that's awesome. And I'm like, for, I was like, oh my gosh, it taught me so much. Just, oh my gosh. But also like, that's what the altar is telling us right now. Like, can we change our vision of our internal world as stop it from, stop thinking of ourselves as like this broken tape recorder that can't just get ourselves together and start seeing ourselves as literally spiritual warriors, as beings of light who have the opportunity to bring Mashiach in our inner systems. And every time that another trigger comes up, every time that something else comes up, we have the opportunity to be like, all right, let's go, let's go, right? And suddenly it's not a fight, it's a, it's, we're literally tending to Hashem's garden. We're in this powerful experience. So the fact that Alter keeps saying it, it's just no, getting curious, how am I experiencing my inner children when they come up when my inner animal soul comes up and again not her animal soul or the animal soul that mrs whatever talked about in high school but my animal soul my insecurities my fears my anxieties my when those things come up what do i feel not only what do they make me feel what do i feel about them am i annoyed Am I frustrated? Do I wish that I wasn't dealing with this anymore? Or can I find that space of chachma, moach shalit al halev? Can I find that space of chachma in my, in my mind that says, literally, you are Hashem's kid, just like I am. Thank you for coming into my life right now. I am responsible for you. You don't have to be so loud because I will take care of you, right? But I don't, I'm not upset that you came. I'm not, no, I'm not upset. Will I let you take me over? No. No parent would do that, right? I am a godly soul. I am a, this, in, no, I will not let you take me over, but I'm not upset that you're here. Okay. Um, there's one more page, just so you guys know, and, but it's, it's short information. We are going to talk about this when we get to chapter 18. But the author says that the fiery love in, that, in, your, in the right side of your heart, in the godly soul, has gone away, but there still is this Ava Mesuteras, and we're going to talk about that in chapter 18, the power of knowing that we have this hidden love constantly in our heart, this inborn love. We'll talk about later how that actually allows us to access a state of self, even when we're not in a state of inspiration. It's the short, long way and the long, short way. Very interesting. We'll talk about it later, though. Therefore, because it's not in this lit up way the foolishness of my animal soul can come back can come back <laughs> and now suddenly the animal soul is fully alive and well in jerusalem fully alive and fully functioning in my body letting me know i want this why because this will keep you safe because this will make you feel good about yourself because this will allow you to literally feel good inside of your own skin and ben heter ben like it's permitted, it's not permitted, it's an avera, it's a mitzvah, it's something, it's, it's lose 100 pounds, it's lose 5 pounds, it's don't eat, it's whatever it is. But it's, it's from that perspective of animal soul of I need this in order to feel okay. Um, as if this person had never prayed, the animal soul doesn't remember that you just had that moment where you were seeing yourself through the lens of Hashem. <laughs> the animal soul is... <coughs> on its own track <laughs> and it's you you can go from one state of being to another from child to adult from trigger to calm in, in that 
quick math of time. Ella, Shabidvar Isser, Ena Ella Badate, La says, Isser, Bepel, Mamash Chas Vashalom. But even though this impulse does come up, it doesn't come into the state, it doesn't enter into his into the Bainoni's mind, and again, into the Bainoni's mind, it doesn't mean that it's not entering in our mind. It's not entering into the state that we're trying to reach his mind <laughs> um, to actually do, to actually act upon this desire, this impulse. Essentially, the Bainoni experiences the knock on the door. That's the hear her Avera. It's the Knock, 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 here I am. I have an idea that will make you feel whole and worthy. Godly soul, Bainani, who identifies with his godly soul with his self, responds, Hi there, I see you, but I'm not letting you into my house. Why? Why do I have the courage to not... Imagine somebody knocking on your door. It's crazy, guys. Oh my gosh, I just realized this right now. It's literally, it's like somebody knocking on your door. You, somebody knocking on your door saying, I have, in my hands, I am holding the key to making you feel good about yourself. The key to making you feel like you have control over your life. The key to making you feel like your future is going to... Whatever it is. The Russia, because he's identified with the lack, he's identified with the scarcity, he's going to say, come on in. Let's do it. Thank you for coming. Right? The Bainani, because he's identified with his godly soul, because he's identified with the self that says, I don't need anything outside of me to make me feel whole. I am whole. I am good. I am connected with Hashem. So unless you're a mitzvah or a connected thought or a, a consciousness of connectedness, I, I don't need you. I don't need you. Have a nice day. Thank you for coming, but I don't need you. But the man still thinks it. No, he doesn't think it. He has the initial thought, but he does not choose to think about it. He doesn't dwell on it. Machshava is thought is the choice of what we think about. So, yes, he has the knock, but he doesn't let him in, meaning he doesn't choose to actually dwell on it. Okay. There will be points where he's going to go back to the animal soul at specific times, but he does, just because the animal soul knocks, he doesn't let him in. Why? Because I know who I actually am. I don't need you. All right, I'm to a 38-minute class on a very short <laughs> Tanya. <laughs>